Nigeria inflation rate hits a fresh 2005 high and we seek answers to the question, have fintechs disrupted the remittance market? From over 1,200 cities and 128 countries, KI Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Many predicted fintech would disrupt the financial system by enabling financial services to be completed faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. In this episode, we look at remittances. Has fintech lived up to the disruption expectations? Tito De Silva, senior economist in the Strategy, Policy and Review Department of the IMF Talks, Remtex, Mobile Money and Bitcoin and their impact on the remittance market. So therefore, there seems to be no better setting for analyzing the disruptive effects of fintech. So if fintech are disrupting the financial system, we should be able to see it in the remittances market. Uh, not surprisingly, uh, in recent years, we have seen many predictions about the disruption of the remittance market. Many people said the, rem- the, the disruptions uh, uh, was just around the corner. So all those narratives involved three materializations of fintech. The first materialization is uh, Bitcoin and the un- underlying uh, technology that made it possible, which is the blockchain. Those were the boldest predictions uh, and also the, the, most, uh, the predictions that failed uh, most miserably. Uh, remittances through uh, Bitcoin is virtually non-existent, and that's why it was uh, surprising that El Salvador recently decided to make Bitcoin a legal tether. One of the main reasons was precisely remittance cost. Then we also have uh, mobile money. Uh, to be honest, uh, mobile money has, been, has always been more associated with financial inclusion than with uh, remittances. But many people had an optimistic view of, of mobile money as an important way to lower uh, remittance costs. And then we have, uh, if you will, the new uh, kid on the blocks, which are the remittance and fintechs, which I'm going to call it remtechs. They have been long touted as, as a disruptor. Uh, just to give, so just uh, uh, some food for thought here that I'd like to make. While Bitcoin and mobile money are genuine financial inno- innovations, when techs are much more about business models than about innovations. I think that's an important uh, point uh, to make. So uh, how does the financial landscape looks like in the remittance market? So what about the main players? The main players, which, as I said, are considered or were considered to be outdated, uh, it's uh, NTOs, which uh, are present virtually in all corridors, remittance corridors. Uh, then we have uh, Remtex, of course, and indeed, it, it, they have been growing very fast, and today they are present in as many corridors as, as banks which is almost 70%. And we also have mobile money uh, that they are present. They are just a little bit above 10% of the corridors. Uh, so uh, this is in terms of, of the players. What about the costs? So it's widely known that banks are the most costly uh, remittance services providers. Uh, and when tax 
are the least costly. In addition, mobile money is the cheapest method for funding a remittance transaction, right? So uh, for now, everything to be going in the, in the right direction of the, of the narrative of this option, but we are going to discuss more uh, that uh, later today. And uh, another important uh, uh, information is what regions of the world uh, face the, the highest costs. And unfortunately, seven out of 10 of the most expensive countries and uh, six out of 10 of the most expensive corridors are located in SSA. And this is what, uh, very unfortunate, is the inequality that uh, Chaylen mentioned, because tho those who need the most remittances are precisely those who are paying the highest costs. Uh, let me finish by saying that uh, since 2000, 2016, the pace of decrease in remittance costs has slowed down a lot. Uh, so this is the situation we are facing today, and we're still uh, far from the SDG target, which is 3% of costs on average, with no corridor above uh, 5%. And a quick look at the market. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. Oil production in Nigeria remained unchanged last month, averaging 1.35 million barrels per day in September and October. Oil output is nearing a two-year high and has improved markedly over the past few months due to successful measures combating crude oil theft in the country. Nevertheless, Nigeria's troublesome operational environment, production and supply disruptions, and security issues cap the hydrocarbon sector near-term gains. Oil production is expected to rise from an average of 1.15 million barrels per day in 2022 to 1.25 million barrels per day in 2023 and 1.4 million barrels per day in 2024, well below the government's target of 1.78 million barrels per day. And a quick trip around Africa. Tunisia's economy shrunk by 0.2% year-on-year in the third quarter of 2023, reversing the 0.6% growth in the previous period. This marked the first contraction since the first quarter of 2021, primarily due to ongoing declines in the agriculture sector, mining sector and oil refining. Meanwhile, remarkable slowdowns were seen in chemical industries, financial and insurance activities and hotel, restaurants and coffee shops. On a quarterly basis, the GDP rose by 0.1% in the third quarter after a downwardly revised 1.1% drop in the second quarter of 2022. Nigeria's annual inflation rate continued to climb to 27.3% in October of 2023, the highest since August of 2005, up from 26.7% in the prior month. Inflationary pressures were intensified, have intensified over the recent months due to government's elimination of fuel subsidies in May and the Naira's currency weaknesses, which followed the central bank's decision to reduce interventions in the foreign exchange market in June. Prices of food, which is the most relevant in the CPI basket, picked up to 31.5% in October, the highest since August 2005, from 30.6% in the prior month amid persistent security issues in food-producing regions. Other CPI items, including housing and utilities, clothing and footwear, and transportation have also exerted upward pressure. The annual core inflation rate, which excludes farm produce, rose farther to a record 22.7% in October, accelerating from September's reading of 22.1% on a monthly basis. Consumer prices rose by 1.7% in October, following a 2.1% surge in the prior month. Bamboo Summit is selling off its stake in Ugandan subsidiary for 120 million US dollars to focus on its Kenyan operations. Hima Summit Limited is a subsidiary and has been operating under 
Wholesome Group in Uganda. Bambri Cement owns 70% in Hima Cement, with the remaining percent owned by Cementia Holding AG, a member of Wholesome Group. Wholesome has agreed to sell its Ugandan business operations by Hima Cement Limited, its local subsidiary in Uganda, to Sarai Group for an enterprise value of 120 million US dollars. According to a communication by Bambury Cement PLC, its board has approved the sale of its stake in Hema Cement Limited. Completion of the transaction is subject to obtaining the relevant regulatory clearances and the approval of stakeholders of Bambury Cement PLC. The cement maker was, however, quick to note that the transaction does not impact operations for Bambury Cement PLC in Kenya. The deal comes at a time that Bambury Cement posted a drop in net profit to 88 million Kenya shillings for the first half in 2023. This is a 7 million shilling drop from 95 million shillings that the firm recorded in the same period in 2022. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at Methadone.